left behind as we move into booster time. The number of U.S. COVID deaths has just surpassed fatalities from the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. The Department of Homeland Security says the U.S. has moved about 4,000 Haitian migrants from under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. Images showed border agents on horseback grabbing some of them and using their animals to push them back toward Mexico. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki. Last night, our Secretary of Homeland Security put out a statement conveying there would be an investigation investigation that he's going to send additional personnel. I think it's important for people to know this is not who we are. That's not who the Biden-Harris administration is. An update on the case of the 22-year-old woman who went missing during a cross-country van trip with her fiancé. A body was found in a national park in Wyoming over the weekend. CBS's Jerika Duncan. Preliminary autopsy results are expected today to confirm if those remains are, in fact, that of Gabby Petitos. Meanwhile, that uh, search for Brian Laundrie at a nearby nature reserve has been called off as investigators say they have exhausted all avenues when it comes to the search for him there. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau wins parliamentary elections, but not the majority he wanted. You are sending us back to work with a clear mandate to get Canada through this pandemic and to the brighter days ahead. And my friends, that's exactly what we are ready to do. Kids' meals are going green. Now you can get a Spider-Man Happy Meal with cool characters and their hot cars. McDonald's says it'll drastically cut the use of plastic by the end of 2025, swapping it out for cardboard, recycled material, and plant-based plastics. S&P Futures up 22. This is CBS News. Worried about getting COVID? Vaccines may not be enough. Detect fever, the leading sign of COVID, with the Exogen Temporal Scanner. Learn more at exogen.com. If you think the COVID vaccine alone will protect you from the coronavirus, think again. As the deadly disease breaks through to people who are vaccinated, it's critical to take a reliable temperature reading with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's the only thermometer whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Vaccines are not enough, and thermometer accuracy matters. Learn more at exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. The moment you fire up a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The completed job is on the horizon, and the trail meets its match. Just like that, you made short work of a long to-do list. Run with us on a John Deere Gator UTV. With effortless four-wheel drive at the flip of a switch and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. A man who used a brand new video camera to record a stunning piece of history in 1991 has died. George Holliday shot the nighttime video that showed four white Los Angeles police officers beating black man Rodney King. Dramatic videotape obtained by Channel 5 News shows what appears to be a group of LAPD officers beating a suspect. It turned out to be key evidence in the trial of the officers. They were acquitted. George Holliday, who was 61 years old, died of COVID complications. Steve Kathan, CBS News. Awards shows have been struggling to get people to watch, but not the Emmys. Well, I got Pfizer, you know what I'm saying, because I'm bougie, all right? <laughs> Pfizer, that's the Neiman Marcus of vaccines, you know what I mean? CBS estimates 7.4 million people tuned into Sunday's show, hosted by Cedric the Entertainer. That compares to 6.9 million last year. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Ad paid for by CompleteCar.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-549-1980. Now, drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. 800-549-1985. 800-549-1985. What do you have to lose? Again, 800-549-1985.
Eclipse Company Restaurant and Store in the Plains is open Wednesday and Thursday, 3 to 8. Friday and Saturday, 12 to 9, and Sundays, 12 to 7. Stop in for live music Wednesdays and Thursdays, and Eclipse is located at 11309 Jackson Drive. Take exit 682 to the Plains, then turn onto Johnson Road. Again, that's 11309 Jackson Drive, right off Johnson Road. Eclipse Company Restaurant and Store is the best hidden restaurant in Southeast Ohio. Barbecue, beers, and good times. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you'd like to win, but you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. Life's battle doesn't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Single game tickets on sale now at Bengals.com. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Friday afternoons cars, at 106 cars, on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Ohio. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. I-N-E-P-T, N-F-T, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, I'm certainly glad we're not on television for our program this week because you are looking a little the worse for wear. What in the world has happened? Well, you know, it must be them circles under my eyes, all them red line, them road maps I got. I was up all night looking at them game films from the Cinema State game, and, you know, I never have seen anything. You know, it reminds me back of uh, the game back in 1961 uh, when we played Navarone State. You know, I, I never have come up against so many guns in my life as Cinema State had in that ball game. And, and well, you was at the ball game. and uh, just 84 to, to nothing, That's I think. right, 84 to nothing. Looking at it uh, over and over again, I need something to help me out here just just before we get the program started. We'll wait on you, Coach. Go ahead. Well, they say this stuff is supposed to work. Works real quick. These little white poker chip goodies you put in the... In the just hold, hold on just a second here. <laughs> well, I All hope right. that helps you, Coach. Well, I feel a whole lot better now. Let's get on with the program. Well, what have you found out from, from looking at the game film all night long uh, as to why you lost by such a wide margin? Well, this film would never make the late show on TV, that's for sure. You know, all I've seen over and over again in them game films was our boys missing them blocks, our boys missing them tackles, our quarterback getting sacked, our wide receivers dropping them balls, our running backs fumbling the football all over the field. You know, it just... You know, it's a good thing that our boys didn't have this ball game as a class to pass in order to get their degree at, at, at NAP Tech. Well, Coach, you have another Alka-Seltzer, and we'll be back with more right after we pause for this message. And the Art Turf Show is proudly brought to you on this last full day of official summer season by Chocolate Ice Cream. And that's it.
Coach Turf, I hope you're feeling a little bit better here for the second part of our program. Well, that's right. You know, that is pretty good stuff. You know, I have to remember that stuff when I go to watching game films next time. I know it's a tough assignment. That's real good stuff. I, in fact, when I get through coaching, I might go to representing that stuff. Tough job to watch game film all night long, especially when it's of an 84 to nothing loss. Well, that's right. You know, you keep watching them uh, 84 and zip scores uh, rolling through your eyes, seeing all them dumb plays that, that our boys pulled out there. They what? It wasn't a real good ball game on their part, and, and and it's a good thing that, like I said for the commercial, that they didn't have to pass this like a class to get their degree. I almost hesitate to ask you how the players graded out to individually on this film. Well, you know, all the coaches, we all got together and graded everybody. And, you know, they, the speed limit's 55, and I don't believe any of our boys went over that. How about a game ball, Coach? Uh, usually awarded game. As a matter of fact, uh, before we get to go in that game ball, I'm going to take this here film and put it exactly where it belongs. That is in our film vault. So we don't have to watch it no more, and it's... Water under the bridge, it's in the past, we're not worried about And you know something, it was pretty dusty in there. It appeared to be a little crowded in that vault. Coach, you have all your films in there? Well, that's right. You know, we keep all of them in there right where we can get to them whenever we need them. You can see they're right next to the Three Stooges and all them reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, oh the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Well, we're limping along a little bit this morning. Our FM version of WATH, that is to say 97.1 on the dial, on the FM dial, is where we're making the most noise this morning. Engineers are working out there trying to figure out what's wrong on our main 970 frequency. I may have told you we've had a snake or two. <laughs> Literally. Twice this uh, summer, a snake has uh, crawled into the building and basically uh, took its own life uh, inside our transmitter. Uh, was electrocuted, and but it also took us off the air until we found its remains and peeled them out of there. Isn't that a wonderful story? Yeah. Anyway, Scott's here. I'm here. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. And uh, let's see, today is the 21st day of September. Looking up here on the screen right in front of me, it says rain and 67 degrees right now. And indeed, I came through um, really some uh, fairly, fairly heavy rain this morning coming to work. And as I look at the daily forecasts going out for, um, well, eight days. Nothing over eight, nothing even hitting the 80 degree mark. Um, it's all in the 70s and upper 60s. So, um, and let's see here rain today, rain tomorrow, light rain on Thursday, Friday sunny, then back Saturday, rain showers, Sunday, partly sunny. Well, anyway. It, it is uh, certainly starting to feel like fall again. And it, it, isn't fall officially starting tomorrow, or is it today? Uh, it's tomorrow at uh, 3.20, oh, I think. even an exact time. In the afternoon. Okay. I see a caller trying to ring in. Let's get on the uh, phones here real quick uh, before they, uh, you know, it, 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 I, for some reason or another, and we've got to get into this system, too. Our phones ring for maybe three or four times, and then it it drops you, and we apologize for that. Good morning. A snake? Yes. What the heck? Uh, Wait a, a minute. You, you've had your time on this show this morning. Is it, is it a snake <laughs> or a sneak? What do no. you think? 
No, it's, it's a sneak. A sneaky snake. <laughs> well, yeah. I can go back to rooting for Joe, Scott. I was really torn Sunday. I wanted the Bears to win. I didn't want them to hurt Joe. And uh, so I was really torn, but it's all good. The Bears won. Joe redeemed himself somewhat, and now I can go back to fully watching him. So it's there good. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he had a had a tough game there. He threw uh, he threw three touchdown passes, but unfortunately, one of them was to the Bears' defense. Well, you know, <laughs> well, the Bears gave him one. So I mean, come on. But. Uh, <laughs> All right, all right. But the problem with that game is, well, you know that tape's going around the league, so yeah, they'll be watching, old boy, in oh, Pittsburgh, and going yeah. down further. Yeah. But he's special. He's got those gifts, man. Knock him down. Dave runs over him, steps on him, and he gets back up. Brings snakes into the radio station and keeps on rolling. <laughs> That's a burrow, baby. Hey, I got to <laughs> ask you a question. Yes, sir. The other day during morning devotions, <laughs> you sang a song. Uh, I think. I, no, I wasn't. Not recently. I have done it before. Okay. When you do so, are you doing that to a music bed recording? <clears throat> no. No, usually just sing it out of my head. Okay. Well, I swear I, I heard something that sounded fully produced, and I was impressed. Well, you probably did. I mean, unless, unless they, it wasn't during my devotion, though, unless they, somebody played something, you know. Okay. Must have been something else then. Yeah, because I can't get Scott to play my stuff. He just, I haven't slipped him enough. I didn't say that, but I can't get him to play any of my good stuff on there. Uh, he likes that's all right. Hershey bars work. Ooh. Keep hey, him... speaking of that. Yes. Someone told me about a new Hershey bar that's on my table to try. Scott, have you heard of the Hershey Symphony? Yes, I have. have you, I, I I got one down there to try. Oh, they're Am I going to like this? Yo, you will love it. Yes, I've had them. Uh, they wait are a minute. delish. I, I don't know what we're talking about. This well, is a new well, candy bar? Give it away. That's, that's, that, don't, don't give it away. But okay. Maybe oh. I'll call while I'm trying it. Dave, maybe Scott can tell you off air, and then you can get one. We can try it together and see what we think. Well, we'll bring you an electrocuted snake, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, you guys are funny. But anyway, in general, things are going good. Week 5 at OU. Yes, indeed. uh, Students are doing good. I got three classes. They're all perking along. Refresh my memory. When's our next home game? I don't know. We played Northwestern this weekend. I must... I, is it two weeks, Dave? I don't I mean, know. Uh, Scott? Yeah. So it's two weeks before we have a home game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's homecoming this year? Do you know, Scott? I'll, I'll get it here in uh, just a second. Tell me who we're playing. I think it's maybe a second or third weekend in October. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but can I just say, I want to end on a positive note, but I think it's going to be a long year for us. I think uh, we're going to really miss Frank. And I think Tim is finding out it's a little different from the bench than the press box. Mm. And what bothers me, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I hope this is not true. But what bothers me, what I'm seeing, I hope he doesn't lose control of that team, meaning they stop wanting to play for him. That, and these kids are so, shall I say, malleable. Ooh, I love that word. Yeah, they, that's a good word. They go from highs to lows, and uh, look, let's just, let's just be frank, no pun intended. Some did come here to play for Frank and with Frank, and and you start having some adversity, and you, you, you they stop playing for you. I, I mean, I, I hate to, I hope it doesn't happen to us. Yeah, I hope uh, you're right, too. But I, I've said before, don't get me wrong, I, I really like Coach Albin. I worked with him for sure. years. In the athletics department, he's sure. a great guy, great sure. family. I understand. I understand. Yeah, I mean, we get all that. We know that. Right. But here's, here's what happens when you when you promote from within, and I'm all about that too. Right. I'm I'm all about you know somebody that is in the system right. and can make a nice transition uh, into a sometimes, head coach. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, right. yep. But but when you work with your fellow coaches yeah. as an assistant coach, yeah. you know you're all buddies. Yeah. You know, you guys go out together, you do yeah. things together, things like that. But then yeah. all of a sudden when it flips yeah. that you are 
maybe still a buddy, of yeah. course, but yeah. you're also a boss yeah. and a buddy. Yeah. It, it throws a whole new perspective on things there. Yeah, it does. And if you look at our recent history, like 20, 30 years, we haven't done well promoting from within. That's and correct. Look at our track record. Yeah. Not very good. Yeah, Coach Nor, you know, is oh, a, that is an example of that. And nice oh, guy. Oh, terrific guy. Wonderful man. Oh, absolutely. One of the but, nicest guys I've ever met. But basketball has avoided that. You know, we've, we've brought in people, even though I thought Big John should have got that job. Oh, same here. But but you make a good point about about promoting within. Yeah, absolutely. very good point. Yeah. Well, thanks. I didn't call to talk serious. I just called to find out about the snake and the sneaks <laughs> and tell you I'm on, back on the Joel. We're going to bring you a six-inch chunk of it. Don't do it. What oh. you want to bring me is if I like this candy bar, a six-inch chunk of that. There you go. Okay. Take care, guys. Hey, bye-bye. By the way, homecoming is October 9th. That is the next home game versus the Chippewas from Central Michigan. Central Michigan. All right. Yep. October 9th. I'm going to plan on going to that one. Thank you very much. You You bet. bet Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, let's see here. It is a um, Tuesday, folks. It is uh, the 21st day of September. Um, in terms of uh, listings, it's National IT Professionals Day. That's, you know, those people that work with computers so well. It's National Chai Day. Now, chai is a drink, right? Yeah, it's an Indian tea. It's National New York Day. And it's National Pecan Cookie Day. So, uh Nothing we need to worry about too much there. Um, historical events in the year 1621. On this date, King James I of England gives Sir William Alexander a royal charter for colonization of Nova Scotia. 1792, during the French Revolution, the National Convention passes a proclamation announcing the formal abolition of the French monarchy. 1898, Empress Dowager C however you might say that, seizes power and ends the Hundred Days Reform in China, imprisoning uh, its emperor. 1915, Cecil Chubb buys English prehistoric monument Stonehenge for 6,600 francs. Okay, this is 1915. See what a franc is worth in our bucks? Do you have any idea? No, I don't. Okay, so 6,600 francs is how much in American moolah today and we'll remember that this was a transaction in 1915 anyway going on until he finds that 1922 u.s president uh, warren g harding signs a joint resolution to approve i'm sorry resolution of approval to establish a jewish homeland in palestine 6,600 Swiss francs equal $7,148.73 in U.S. dollars. So in 1915, $7,000 was paid for that Stonehenge monument. In that day, it probably was a pretty high price, but today that seems like nothing, doesn't it? All right. Let's see, going on. Two more. 1936, Spanish fascist junta names Francisco Franco to Generalissimo and Supreme Commander. And the last one we have to mention, 1949, Chinese communist leaders proclaim the People's Republic of China. All right, what about some, uh, let's do birthdays first. Um, let's see. Okay, there's, here's one I don't know. Kwame 
Nurma, Nakurma. Okay, it's K-W-A-M-E, first name. N-K-R-U-M-A-H, last name. He was born on this date in 1909, but died in 1972. What? Who was he? Ghanaian politician, political theorist, revolutionary. He was the first prime minister and president of Ghana, having led the Gold Coast to independence from Britain in 1957. All right. H.G. Wells, um, born in 1866 on this date, died in 1946. He was a writer. H.G. Wells, one of his uh, best known, if I'm not mistaken, The War of the Worlds, The Time Machine, and uh, he was an English writer, wrote dozens of novels, short stories, and works of social commentary, history, satire, biography, and autobiography. Uh, The next two are both uh, still living. And uh, we want them to stay that way, of course. Bill Murray, right? Yeah. Great guy. uh, Born on this date, um, but he's celebrating his 71st birthday today. And the last one, Faith Hill, very attractive gal. She's celebrating her 54th birthday today. She's a singer, right? Yes, country singer. Uh, We have a couple deaths to mention. Historically speaking, that is. Let's see. We'll do the oldest one first. Edward II, a king, I believe. Certainly looks like it in the picture here. He has a big crown on. Uh, Edward II was born on the, um, was born in 1284 and died on this date in 1327, the year 1327. He was uh, king of England from 1307 until he was deposed in 1327. And the other one, born in 1500, died in 1558, not a very long life, Uh, Charles V. I think another king, right? Charles V was a Holy Roman Emperor and Archduke of Austria. Okay. From 1519 to 1556, King of Spain from 1516 to 1556 and Lord of the Netherlands as Duke of Burgundy from 1506 to 1555. Boy, a bunch of stuff. All right. Um, I saw something here recently. Well, I guess it was overnight. I found it late last night is what I'm trying to say. This is a new study, and it's talking about cyber attacks. Okay. So I don't know if... um, I, I doubt there's a person out there listening to this program who hasn't gotten... who hasn't received some sort of cyber... That is to say, internet or email type fishy message where they're either being asked to do something, which if they should do it, might expose a lot of their personal information and even make them subject to... um, Threats, right? Personal as well as uh, financial threats. Uh, So these are called cyber attacks. So I have this study here that says that uh, a new study finds Ohio cyber attack of victims lost the third most money in the nation with an average of $12,680 per victim. Ohio, third worst in the nation. They go on, a record $4.2 B 
billion was lost to cyber criminals last year, that is 2020, which is an increase of 700 million from the year before. The most populated states, that being California, Texas, and Florida, did lose the most money collectively, but adjusting for population size shows where individual victims were hit the hardest. So, um, North Dakota is the worst. The people in North Dakota were the, uh, had the uh, the worst results, right? And it amounted to get this now, Scott, thirty-three thousand nine hundred and fifty-four dollars per victim. That was the average. Missouri is number two, with fourteen thousand twenty-five dollars per victim. Ohio, we, as we already mentioned, is number three with $12,680 per victim average. New York is four, 12051 Utah, fifth with $9,564 per victim average. Now, um, just, just because... We work with statistics and things like that a lot in reports like this. Where was it the least? Where was this cyber victims, um, cyber attack victims, where were they the least? So, of all the states, it's Kentucky. Where the victims there... $1,848 per victim. Iowa was next to the bottom. New Hampshire third from the bottom. West Virginia fourth from the bottom. And Indiana fifth. The most financially damaging cyber attacks are business email compromise, corporate data breach, and investment scams. It says cyber attacks against LO capital T security cameras is also surging leading to lawsuits against Amazon's Ring and the breach of 150,000 security cameras inside Tesla, schools, and hospitals. Amazing. Well, uh, the publisher of this report is a, a company called Prism. P-R-I-S-M, P-R, Public Relations. So if you'd like to learn more, go there. Okay, can I talk about something personal for a minute? Scott, you give me permission, please. Yeah, you don't need mine for Um, that. Well, okay. Folks, um, as most of you know, if you've listened to my show for any length of time, periodically it comes up that I was adopted, right? At three weeks of age. Um, So, you know, I've, of course, had a natural curiosity, not, not an obsession or anything like that, but natural curiosity about what my birth parents backgrounds were and stuff like that nothing that kept me awake at night though but um, I've heard 
I've, I've learned a great deal about it, okay? But at one point, they, the, um, what is it, Ancestry.com or something like that said, um, send us a saliva sample, and we will run your, what would you call it, DNA, right? Uh, to try to help you with uh, information. And, and you don't even have to be adopted. I mean, anybody can do this, right? Um, so I did that, oh, four or five years ago. And yesterday, uh, they sent me a note saying, we have updated it further. Think of that. So this is this is my background, you might say, based on on DNA. So it says twenty seven percent Germanic Europe, twenty five percent Scotland, twenty four percent England and Northwestern Europe. 12% Wales, 6% Norway, 3% France, 2% Sweden and Denmark, and 1% Ireland. And there were 1,500 regions that could have shown up. But these are percentages, uh, the, what percentage you might be likely to be. So they're saying, most likely, I am Germanic Europe. Well, I had uh, been told years ago that my birth parents were Jewish. So that kind of falls into place, right? Germanic Europe. Uh, but I've also always been interested in Scotland and Wales and that's Ireland sort of thing. So it's interesting to see those appear a bit in this report too. But I just got this yesterday and I thought I'd bring it in. Folks, if you're, if you're curious about this sort of thing, again, it's a very simple thing. You they send you a little test tube and basically you spit in it, put a cork on it, and send it off, and they give you the results. And there's a fee, but it's very modest. And then I didn't pay a fee to get this updated report. It just showed up, I don't know, four or five years after the original thing. Kind of neat. Have you ever done anything like that? No, I have not. Okay, so if you had to guess your origin, the roots of your family, internationally speaking, what would you guess? Oh, I already know that. Irish and Italian. Okay. Um, Irish and Italian. Yeah. Well, um, let's see here. Let me just go over there for a minute. No, no, no. Okay. I just checked to see if our aim was back on the air. The engineers are supposedly working on it. Uh, but we've had a little, little contact with them because they're working. We don't want to take them away from the job. All right, so uh, we're still on 97.1 here, W-A-T-H-F-M. Um, I came across a report this morning entitled 2021's Most and Least Diverse States in America. Diversity, right? The American narrative is a story of diversity. Our history tells of many different peoples coming together from every walk of life to form what is today a complex tapestry of backgrounds. 
Our story will continue to advance that narrative in the decades to come. The U.S. Census Bureau predicts that by 2045, the U.S. will no longer have a single ethnic majority. Wow. Currently, non-Hispanic whites and um, and will grow increasingly more diverse in the years to follow. This year, racial inequality, inequality, yeah, that's right, uh, has continued to be a prominent issue, including high-profile trials regarding police brutality, right? But while discussions on race are important, the United States' diversity spans far more than just racial lines. The U.S. population reflects a mix of not just races and ethnicities, but, but also cultures. In fact, also cultures, religions, economic statuses, educational backgrounds, as well as other characteristics. These groups come together in everyday life, influencing and experiencing one another. However, some elements of society aren't as diverse as others. For example, there are only 40 women, 41 women among the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies. Now, did you get that? Fortune 500 companies, the top ones, only 41 of the 500 have female CEOs. Let's go on. And around 84% of those companies' board members are white, including both men and women. Let's go on. U.S. states, rather some U.S. states, promote diversity more than others in order to determine where idea and identity exchanges have occurred at the highest level and where the population is relatively more homogenous. This study compared the 50 states across key six diversity categories. So, and they did it at, um, well, well, we'll, we'll just, let's get started. So we got uh, 50 states, right? Duh. Um, most diverse state. Now, with that, they're talking about socioeconomic diversity cultural diversity, economic diversity, household diversity, religious, is religious diversity, and political diversity. So that's a bunch of things to consider, right? Scott? Uh, yes, of course. What do you think is the most diverse New state? York. Okay, New York comes in fifth. Um, and I, I know you haven't you haven't peeked at this at all. I haven't shown it to you, so it, you're not a bad guess. You're up at the the upper range, right? It is California that is the most diverse, followed by Texas, Hawaii, New Jersey, and then coming in fifth, New York. Now, do you care to try guessing what state is the least diverse? Vermont. Uh, you're, uh, it came in 48th out of 50. So you're once again, you're pretty close. Coming in the least diverse is West Virginia. Coming in second 
or next to the bottom, depending on how you look at it, is Maine, and then, as you said or guessed, Vermont, preceded by New Hampshire and Montana and then Kentucky, and then in 44th position, Wyoming. (laughs) Okay, now where does Ohio fall? Where do you guess? 25th. 41st. So they're saying Ohio is in the lower area of diversity. So it ranks, uh, let's see how does this work. 41st overall. It's 36th in social economic diversity, 41st in cultural diversity, 42nd in economic diversity, 16th in household diversity, and 28th in both religious diversity and political diversity. But when you mesh all those numbers together, we come in 36th out of 50 states. I'm sorry, 41st out of 50 states. Well, I think um, they go into a lot more detail here, but um, I think I think we've done enough on that. All right. I came across another study this morning. It says best states to visit this fall. Now, my wife and I had a little conversation last night about the fact that now we really haven't taken a vacation in several years. And she misses that. And Frankly, I do too. Most normally, we would go to the Outer Banks. Um, We used to have a regular place to stay there. But we've parted with that. But we could still go down and rent any number of places down there, right? But, um, I don't know, I'd be just just as happy maybe going up to the Lake Erie and having some fun. Um, okay, so what they're getting at is, is is tomorrow the first day of fall or today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you might say sweater season is back. If you're planning a getaway that that involves cooler weather, colorful leaves, and all things flavored pumpkin spice, you need to know the best states to visit this fall. So, uh, this study has the top five and the bottom five. Wait a minute, does it have more? No, in simply a numbered state, they have the top five and the bottom five. But they also have some highlights, which is um, textual, and I'll read it. But if you had to guess, again, Scott, I hate to put you on the spot over and over. But uh, such is the nature of a two-guy show, right? Okay. Uh, What do you think is, uh, by this report, the best state, to visit this fall. West Virginia. It's not mentioned in the top five or the bottom five. Um, They're basically saying the Northeast. So Vermont is number one, New Hampshire number two, Maine number three. Now, then we jump out to California number four. And Wyoming, number five. Those are the top five states. What they're calling the best states to visit this fall. Now, what about the uh, worst states? Um, And again, we've got five listed. 
Um, I would say these are based upon the fact that you don't have fall weather. You don't have trees that, you know, are turning brown and red and stuff like that. So that's sort of a clue. So who do you think's at the bottom? Well, I, that's all right. Maybe I've, Minnesota. I've, I've tested you enough. No, Minnesota has a nice fall. But anyway, the bottom states... Ranked 46th is Alabama, 47th, Hawaii, 48th, the state of Delaware, 49th, Mississippi, and 50th, Louisiana. Well, highlights and lowlights. Fall foliage in New England's is New England's specialty. No wonder the region monopolizes on the top of our ranking. Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine claim the top three spots, respectively, while Connecticut rustles its way to 10th place. Each of these states promises a projected 10 to 11 weeks of colorful leaves, not to mention the abundance of trails and big yards to maximize your leaf-peeping pleasure. These four states also uh, towered above the rest of the entertainment category. Vermont is tops. Um, followed by New Hampshire at number two, Maine at four, and Connecticut in the 11th place. So when you go to throw in all the apple orchards, corn mazes, pumpkin patches, while balancing a glass of vino in your other hand, you get the perfect autumn getaway. What about the West? The Western Connection. The West promises its own fantastic escape. California leads the region at number four, followed by Wyoming, Alaska, Oregon, Montana, Washington State, in that order. Unlike the Northeast, these states don't just bring colorful leaves, but all of nature, including some of the continent's most impressive natural wonders. Check out Wyoming's Yellowstone, Montana's Glacier National Park, and Alaska's, is it Denali or Denali? Denali. It's, I think it's Denali, which is the tallest mountain in North America where fall foliage starts showing in late August. The, help, the West helps you see it all, too, boasting the highest number of scenic drives in the U.S. Take a ride through the Golden State's 31-mile Avenue of the Giants, for example, and marvel at some of the oldest redwoods flanking the road. Well, we could go on and talk about the South and good things there, too, but starting to run a little short on time today. So let me set this report aside. Um, quickly glance at one thing here. Okay, good. Uh, they're working. Okay. The New York Times Morning Report. Um, the lead line says, Good morning. Other countries are awash in COVID tests. The U.S. is not. Now, are they? What are they? What does that mean to you? That other countries are giving far more of them? Could very well be. Well, where are the tests? Your daughter wakes up with a scratchy throat, and you can't decide whether she should go to school. 
you can't shake a runny nose and start wondering whether it's really because of allergies. You're planning a family gathering, but you are nervous about your aging parents being there. Millions of Americans are grappling with situations just like these. And there is a straightforward solution to all of them. But that solution is not widely available in the United States, even though the technology exists and is being used in much of Western Europe. The solution? Rapid testing. Rapid testing, more formally known as antigen testing, allows people to learn within minutes whether they are carrying enough of the COVID-19 virus to be contagious. With this knowledge, infectious people can stay home and quarantine before they happen to infect others. Everybody else can carry on with life. So it's um, Britain, France, and Germany. Rapid testing is widely available in inexpensive thanks to government subsidies. Now here I think testing is free. But anyway, uh, people can visit testing sites over there, um, like tents outside of pharmacies in France or abandoned nightclubs in Germany, and get tested at no charge. Okay, so that's similar. Many people also keep tests in their homes and self-administer them. Uh, here's a quote. It's been a way to put people's minds at ease, says a Melissa Eddy who is a Times correspondent, New York Times we're talking about, in Berlin. In the U.S., by contrast, people usually take a different kind of test, known as the PCR test, which must be processed by a lab and sometimes does not return results for more than 24 hours. I've had two of those, I think. During that time, a person with COVID can spread it to others. They go on, the shortage of testing in the U.S. may be contributing to the virus's spread. Recent outbreaks have been worse here than in Europe, even though Europe's vaccination rate is only modestly higher. Well... You've heard all these things before, but we just wanted to re-emphasize the importance of being aware of each other. Mask up. I know there's a lot of you that just really resent it. But in places that ask you to do it, just do it. Uh, social distancing continues to be important. Um, the, 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 the fact that someone has been received the first or second dosage, as the case may be, of the vaccine that you're visiting or seeing is important. And now the booster shots. My wife was able to get hers um, a day or two ago. I will get mine with you. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H FM's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is at the United Nations right now, where he's expected to address the General Assembly in any moment. It is his first appearance there as president. The White House says the president will use the speech to demonstrate his commitment to multilateralism. The importance of reestablishing our alliances after the last several years. In other words, a continued reversal of America first. The United States is not turning inward. Press Secretary Jen Psaki says those who would have thought the U.S. was retrenching from the world following the withdrawal from Afghanistan misread Mr. Biden's intentions. She says the president will also urge global action on climate change. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, the White House. Dozens of blocks away from the U.N. on Wall Street. 
The Dow is rebounding slightly from yesterday's route. It's up 243 points in early trading. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. For us, retirement savers, people who are plodding along, this is your moment you take a deep cleansing breath. You say, let me stick to my game plan. Markets were riddled with fear yesterday over a liquidity crisis at... Uh, developer Evergrande. Johnson & Johnson reporting a second dose of its one-shot COVID vaccine increases efficacy from 74% to 94 CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. This is certainly encouraging news for people who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The next step is for the company to submit their data to the FDA for consideration of giving a thumbs up to a booster dose. The Homeland Security Department says four more flights will take off from Texas today, carrying Haitian migrants back home. Thousands have amassed at the border in Del Rio, where lifelong resident Javier Martinez says it's gotten very crowded. We are a population of 35,000 or more. Now we're accommodating over 10, 13,000 more. Our shelves are being a little empty now. British police are digging deeper into a four-year-old Soviet spy mystery. I'm Vicki Barker in London. Scotland Yard has named and charged a third suspect in the 2018 poisonings of former KGB agent Sergei Skripal and his daughter in the city of Salisbury. They say he used the name Sergei Fedotov, an alias, and say he traveled to the UK with the other two suspects. Chobani, Amazon, Facebook, and Pfizer teaming up to help Afghan refugees find jobs after they get to the U.S. Yogurt CEO Hamza.